You're listening to Small Business Big Impact, how to support employees experiencing family and domestic violence. This podcast contains content which you might find distressing. If you or someone you know needs support, please call Lifeline on 13114 or 1800 RESPECT. That's 1800 737 732. Welcome back to Small Business Big Impact, a podcast about family and domestic violence created specifically for small business owners. My name is Gretel Colleen. In our last episode, we began to explore how employers could begin a conversation with staff who are showing some of the warning signs of experiencing family and domestic violence. In that episode, we focused on how to respond if your employee doesn't disclose to you that there's violence at home. In this episode, we're looking at what to do if an employee does tell us that they're experiencing domestic violence. And we'll be speaking to a small business owner who's had first-hand experience of that conversation. Let's listen first to a scenario she experienced, keeping in mind that we've changed the employee's name and identifying details. Sandy had owned her hairdressing salon for more than 20 years and was proud that most of her staff had been with her since the very beginning. They were a diverse crew, but they thought of each other like family. So, Sandy was devastated when her receptionist, Michael, came to her one day and said that he was leaving. Immediately. The reason, he said, was that his partner, a hairdresser at another salon whom Sandy knew, had been beating him for years. Michael had now made the decision to leave. He told Sandy he needed to go home immediately while his partner was at work, pack and get on a plane to another state. Michael felt that his life would be in danger if he stayed in Newcastle. Sandy was crushed, not only because of the suffering that someone so dear to her had been experiencing and that she'd had no idea and therefore hadn't helped, but also, as a businesswoman, she was losing a valued employee with no notice. This scenario happened over a decade ago, but Sandy still wonders about Michael, whom she never heard from again. Sandy Chong, thanks for joining me. Thank you. You're now the CEO of the Australian Hairdressing Council and you've been a hairdresser for 50 years. Let's talk about what happened with Michael at your Newcastle salon all those years ago. You said you were surprised to learn that he was being beaten by his partner. Michael was six feet tall, covered in tattoos. Not exactly the image you get if you picture someone being abused in a violent relationship. And I'm a hairdresser, not a domestic violence expert. Mm. If there's one message I want to send to other small business owners who are listening is that this can happen to anyone on your staff. And you must have been shocked when he told you Why do you think Michael didn't tell you sooner? I think it was because of those stereotypes that he hadn't told a soul about what was happening. Perhaps he was embarrassed that he gave the impression of strength, Mm. but was in fact vulnerable. And it didn't help that his partner also worked in the hairdressing industry and came across as a totally sweet and charming person. The last person you'd expect to be violent. So not only was Michael ashamed, but he was also terrified that he wouldn't be believed. Yeah, and that's one of the big questions we know small business employers have had about the new legislation that entitles all staff to paid family and domestic violence leave. 
does someone need to prove that they're experiencing domestic violence? Does an employer need a police report or some kind of evidence of the abuse in order to grant the leave? You don't need any evidence at all. We know that abuse isn't necessarily physical. And the most important thing you can do to support your staff member is to just believe them. Mm. There's so much shame and stigma around domestic violence. I highly doubt anyone is going to make up a situation so they can just get a few days off. Yeah. So can you talk me through how you felt as Michael's employer when he told you about the abuse and that he was leaving immediately? Well, I know this isn't about me, Mm -hmm. but if I'm honest, I will tell you it was really hard on me emotionally and I think about it to this day. And it was almost two decades ago. I've had staff who've been with me for over 30 years and I talk to them a lot. I check in with them. I think I have a pretty good idea of what's going on in their lives. I felt so guilty that Michael felt he couldn't tell me earlier. Mm. I really felt personally responsible. I wish I had access to this podcast before any of it happened because I would have had a better understanding of why people don't speak out and that even when they do, you can't actually fix the problem for them, but you can offer support. Right. So back then, did you feel like you were responsible for helping Michael? As a small business owner, you feel responsible for everything. We wear so many hats. So yes, we're responsible for their wages, making sure they're paid correctly and that we create a wonderful working environment. But when it comes to domestic violence, I think it's really important to understand that we can't actually solve this particular problem for them. We're not responsible for that, but we can support them. But I imagine it was hard for you nonetheless. Absolutely. And I felt so inadequate, not knowing what I could do. Back then, there was no 1-800-RESPECT. And the fact that employers call that number now and get support on a specific employee situation, that is great. It would have really helped me to hear that my job wasn't to solve their problem. The person has to have their confidence built up so that they feel like they can solve their own problems, Right. that they can make the change. All you can do is support them in whatever way they need. I've had domestic violence training since then, and that's made me feel less guilty. Oh, you've had training. That makes you a pretty unusual small business owner. Can you tell us how that came about? Well, Michael's not the only staff member I've had who's experienced violence. There have been at least two others. And so when I was approached by a shelter to see if I was interested in providing free haircuts to women who have left an abusive situation, I absolutely said yes. And they then gave our whole staff training on how important it is to not pry and to not to give advice, just to be calm and supportive. And so how does that translate for you now in terms of how you might handle a staff situation? Well, I've learned that simply saying, how can I support you, makes all the difference. Right. You're not telling someone what to do, but sending the message that you believe them and that you can guide them towards specialist services if that's something they want. Yeah. It's really powerful to say to someone, would it be helpful for you to talk to a confidential counsellor? That's the message you want to send as an employer, that you're there for them. Yeah. And Do you know what I love about the hairdressing industry? It's all about the culture and it's all about how we're inclusive. It's caring. It's not judgmental. 
Yeah. So it's a close-knit community, kind of like a second family. You know, I think a lot of small businesses feel this way. Yes, and I think there's one other really important thing to keep in mind. As an employer, even though you're close with all your staff, you need to keep anything about family or domestic violence that's shared with you completely private. Right. It's not your information to share with other employees. It's a small world and you may accidentally put the person in more danger. Right. So if the person does request domestic violence leave, you would want to work with them on how to explain their absence to the rest of the staff. And you can get support from domestic violence experts on the best way to do that. This is really valuable because some of these situations are so complicated. It sounds to me like you're saying that your role as an employer is not to solve a problem, but to be a signpost, a guide towards those expert resources. Exactly. And I think it's also really important for business owners like me to understand that not everyone is going to talk to you about this situation and that's not your fault. Yes. Sandy Chong, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your experience. It's been invaluable. Thank you. Sandy mentioned 1-800-RESPECT. This can be your first port of call for any form of advice, as this 24-hour phone service is for anyone impacted by domestic and family violence in any way, including employers. Plus, in the episode notes of your podcasting app, you'll also find a link to the Heads Up Mental Health Guide to taking care of yourself as a small business owner, because we're all human and this stuff is hard for everyone involved. We've also popped in a link to Lifeline's peer support courses, which are designed to help you support your staff safely and effectively. Stay tuned for the next episode of Small Business Big Impact when we'll talk about how important the workplace can be for someone experiencing family and domestic violence and what that means for you. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been produced for the Australian Government by Lifeline Australia. Lifeline delivers DV Alert, the nationally recognised training program for frontline workers dedicated to ending violence against women and children. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which we podcast, as well as those on which you are listening, and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Listener.